Hello, I'm Blair Lemke. Welcome to Let God Speak. As we get older, we all begin to worry more about what the future holds for our life. We think about what things we should do, what things we should avoid, and what principles we should follow so our latter years are happy and comfortable ones. Today, we will discuss God's counsel regarding how we should plan our last years. So have your Bibles ready as we look into the principles that God has given us to follow. On our panel today, we have John Malkovich and Pearl Fram. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. As always, let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We ask that you'd send your Holy Spirit now to lead us into truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, four of the common things that people worry about when they get older. Uh, will I die too soon before the family is taken care of? Uh, will I live too long? and outlive my assets and savings? Uh, will I get some terrible illness or spend my money that will have to spend my money on medical bills? Uh, and finally, will I develop a mental and or physical disability and need someone to take care of me? Uh, underlying all of these, of course, is our need to know that we will have the resources that we need to be cared for and to be looked after. So, John, what assurance, uh, reassurance does God give us uh, that will, everything will be okay, that we'll have the things that we need? Well, I'm thinking of myself. I'm the oldest on the panel here. So I guess I should be thinking about those things. And you know what I'm grateful for? We've got the Word of God. Amen. So we can turn to the Word of God and see what He has to say. And I'd like you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 9 and 10. It says, Honour thy Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Shall, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You know, when I think if we focus on the means that we can have a money and that we, we're in trouble. But if we focus our attention on God, God has promised us to provide us all, all the things that we need. You know, our barns will be filled and that only happens, Blair, when we are doing what God has called us to do. You see, it's like a father. He will do anything for his child if they're obedient, if they listen to what the father is saying. God reassures us. We don't have to worry about those things. Mm. Yeah, and you've got a, a promise to share as well, Pearl? Yes, yes. In Philippians 4 verse 19, um, I think it ties in really well with what John was just saying. It says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Mm. What, a, yeah. what a beautiful promise. God's word uh, provides for our needs or God provides for our needs and he gives us these promises. Uh, I would like to read a passage of scripture now that we're going to, I hope, learn some more things from God's word. I love what you said there, John. Uh, we've got God's word to lead and to guide us. That's what this program is all about. So let's read Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through to 21. And we find here a very interesting parable, a parable called the, the rich fool. Uh, let's read it here. Then he, speak, Jesus, spoke a parable to him, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. 
And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do this. I'll put down my barns and build up greater ones. Uh, there will be, I'll, I'll store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for you. Take, uh, take rest, uh, take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, but God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those, uh, whose will those things be which you've provided? Uh, so he who lays up treasure for himself and is rich um, toward God. So it will be to that person. Uh, interesting parable. A lot of lessons that we can draw from here. Is it wrong to, be, uh, to work hard, um, to become wealthy and financially secure? What is the message that's here exactly, Pearl? Yeah, look, I think um, one, one of the things that gives us um, a lot of, um, may, maybe you could call it meaning or, you know, you know something, something that gives you a purpose in life um, can be, you know, doing things. Um, whether it's supporting a family or being a blessing to others, you know. Um, so I don't see it as a problem for him to work. You know, God gave us work. Absolutely. Um, in the beginning, you know, he gave yeah, us a, a garden to there, work in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I, the place that I see as a problem here is that it says his attitude was take thine ease, eat and drink and be merry. Um, so here you kind of see an underlying tone of just wanting to have a bit of selfish pleasure. Um, and I think he didn't realize that he had an accountability to God um, for his means and for what he was doing, you know, with those means. Um, and I think we need to we need to remember that, you know, this life is a preparation for heaven not just our own selfish enjoyment and pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's certainly, um, you know, a sense here where he's just becomes concerned with relaxing, um, caring for his own needs. Uh, and John, what exactly is the message for us or the lesson that we can take today? Well, you know, we've got to always remember that God gives us good health to be able to work. He, he blesses us when we do the right thing. And it's not just for ourselves. His purpose is that if he gives you wealth, you're to share it with, with those who are poor and those who are in need. The, the only thing with this story is when he, when he, when he made those new barns and he, he, he put everything in, sat back and said, well, I'm going to take it easy now. He forgot one thing. God is the giver of life and he's the one that takes life. He didn't realize that all that he had done was for a selfish motive. And God was saying to him, you know, it's not going to go the way you think. And that happens in the world today. We, we accumulate wealth and property and money and think, well, we're going to take it easy when we retire or when we get older. It's not necessarily like that mm. because we could be snuffed out just like that. Well, that's right. And when we think about how we use our time and our wealth, um, the Bible, of course, has things to say on this as well. Uh, when we consider our wealth, what should we always remember, Pearl? Yes, that we cannot take money with us. Like money is confined to this world, you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'd like to go to Job. Um, Job chapter 1 and verse 21. Um, and the Bible says here, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, 
and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. And it's interesting that um, some people say this is one of the oldest books in the Bible. And if we turn over to Timothy, which is one of the youngest ones, um, it has the same advice. And it says here in chapter 6, verses 6 to 7, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we cannot carry anything out. Hmm. So, yeah, money is something that we have to live with here. (laughs) You know, we we need money to live. Um, But there's there's other, there's bigger things that we can take from this world to the next. Yeah, that's a really important point to remember that this, the things that we develop and grow and all of our wealth that we collect here is temporary, Mm. right? It's it's temporary. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not going to last forever. And so the best investment advice that Jesus gives is to put our things, investments in things that are eternal. That's right. Um, But of course... Yeah. Of course, um, Solomon, the wisest man mm-hmm. uh, in Scripture, bar Jesus, you could say, uh, had something to say on this topic too, didn't he, John? He did. But, you know, during the time of Solomon, there was great, great wealth in Egypt. And these people tried to prepare for the afterlife. So they put a boat in there and all their things that they would need. Sadly, we're finding out these people who are searching for these artifacts are finding them still there. Oh. So, you know, it, it just proves one thing. That's not the best way to prepare for the afterlife. No, it is, is it? not. Storing is things not. in the tomb. No. <laughs> well, Solomon had something to say about that too because the Bible tells us he's one of the wisest, but he was also one of the richest men that ever lived. And God blessed him with that, by the way. Um, by, by contrast, uh, it frustrated Solomon that all work in this life was going to be left to someone else who did no work and didn't earn it. So I want to turn you into the Bible because that's a place to go. And it's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 18. Yea, I hated all my labor. This is Solomon talking, which I had taken under the sun because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. It's a bit of a worry, you know, to, to think about, you know, that someone's going to get all your works and all your inheritance and who knows whether he shall be a wise man or a fool. So, you know, he had a problem thinking, well, someone might end up with it and and use it unwisely Mm. because Solomon was accumulating his, you know, things to build the temple and to use it for God and someone who could come along easily and spend it for themselves Mm. or use it unwisely. So there's nothing wrong with working hard, with building up wealth in and of itself. Um, but of course, we need to remember that we can't take that wealth with us uh, into, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't last forever. It's not eternal. Mm. Uh, but of course, God does give us instructions on how we are to use that wealth while we're alive and, and, and mm. what to plan for. And so I'm going to turn to uh, a passage here in God's word in Proverbs chapter 27, verses 23 through to the end of the chapter, where we see uh, some interesting insights from God's word into how to what we should do with our wealth, right? Mm-hmm. So God's word says this, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. For riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself, the herbs of the mountain are gathered in. The lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field. 
You shall have enough goat's milk for your food and the food for your household and the nourishment of your maidservants. So, of course, we don't exactly um, use uh, the same mechanism in terms of measuring our wealth as they did back then. Um, but, uh, Pearl, how, do, how would we put this passage uh, into um, the lessons that we can take for today? Well, I think I really like these last two verses that you read here. It says, And thou shalt have goat's milk for enough for thy food, for the food of thy household, and for the maintenance of thy maidens. Um, and I think that just, it puts it in perspective. You know, that's what wealth is for. Wealth is for our day-to-day needs. We have to survive. You know, God's placed us here to live, to work, to have kids, you know, to whatever. Um, but the wealth is not to be the focus. Mm. As Christians, we learn um, the, the method of, of managing things properly the way God had intended. And that be, should mm. be a priority in each one of our lives. That's right. And we do see a very clear call here in this passage to be diligent to know mm. the position of our, not so much our flock, but our bank account. Right? That's right. <laughs> and you yeah. know, and our assets. Able, yeah. That's right. So that we can make adequate preparations. Uh, John, apart from responsibly managing our assets and money now, uh, what else do we have to manage? You know, when we're alive and we're good managers, we know what's going on. But when we die, it's a different thing. So we have in place a system where we can put wills, put up a will so that every member of our family knows what's going to happen. And you're actually sort of controlling after you've gone what happens to the money that God's blessed you with, the wealth and, and the assets that you have. So we become good stewards, not only manage now, but we need to be good stewards after we've passed away. That's an interesting thought because I, 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 certainly there would be some that don't, haven't thought ahead in that regard of being mm-hmm. a steward, not only of their resources now, but in the future. Mm. Uh, Pearl, why does it matter where our possessions and money go once we die? Well, I'd like to read um, in Psalms here, first 20, I mean, chapter 24 and verse 1. It says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So here it clearly states, you know, we're stewards. We, the, the earth is the Lord's and it's been given to us to use. Um, and I think it's really important, you know, that the money that's been given to us as stewards isn't then put into Satan's cause, you know, after we die, potentially. Absolutely. And of course, none of us would um, voluntarily or willingly leave our funds to be used for Satan's cause. No, no, no. no. Um, but, uh, you know, s- certainly it can happen. Can you give me an example of how this could happen? Just- yeah, well, most people draw up wills, you know, and when they pass away, it usually goes to the children or the spouse. However, the children and the spouse may have different views. They may not even believe in God. They may be actually working against God. So when they get an inheritance... They're using it for what not the, the original um, person who died wanted. They're using it for their own self and they're using it to glorify Satan in the sense that they are not followers of God. And so we, we really need to be careful and, and it's a very sobering because we are accountable before God for this. Mm. So he gives us the wealth while we're here on earth. We're to use it to help people, to help our church, to help organisations. But then after we die, that money still can be used for that. 
It's not to be spent on triviality and things. Wow. You know, when we think about how to use and spend our money, that can hit pretty close to home. Yes. Uh, but God certainly um, has a habit of hitting us close to home in our hearts uh, because he knows that where our treasure is, there our heart is also. So right. God gives us this counsel um, that we are always in our best interest to follow. But, you know, you know, <laughs> it's very difficult because you want to be fair to all your children. Now, I've got children and I've got a will and there are some that don't believe. So you've got to, it's a very fine balance. But at the end of the day, we need to be furthering the work of God and bringing people to the truth and the knowledge of God. Mm. So if it matters how we use our money and assets when we're alive, and also it matters how we use them when we're gone, how we leave them, um, should we hold on to our possessions until we die, Pearl? Well, I don't know. That kind of sounds to me like, Maybe it could be a little bit of an excuse for a bit of a selfish or maybe maybe I want to keep this wealth for myself. Um, let's let's have a look at First Timothy chapter six and verse 17. It says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us riches, richly all things to enjoy. Um, and I think here it's, you know, it's talking about not not having our trust in those riches, you know, um, not not trusting those riches, not having that selfish. I need to rely on my riches, um, but rather having a generous spirit um, and and wanting to give to God's cause. Yeah. You know? While they're still alive. Exactly. Exactly. And while we can see the, um, you know, the results of that giving. Mm. Now, John, are there risks to holding on to everything until we die? There is a very big risk because the bigger the estate and um, <laughs> as, as it's been distributed, there can be a lot of problems. You know, I was, we were talking to a QC who said one of the biggest areas of friction is in estates because you someone... Can see why. Yeah, because in, it's all about money. So one person feels, well, they're not getting enough. So what happens now, they, they, um, they uh, dispute the, the will uh, and, and find out that, you know, we, we, need, we need more. So in, in the end, it's the lawyer who receives the money and not the family. So it's a sad, sad sort, sort of event. So when we are to leave money, it's probably better to do something about it when you're alive. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. And, you know, we have an opportunity then to be able to see where our money goes and it actually works. And there's not fighting over it, as so as to say. I want to read Ecclesiastes 5.10. And this is what it says in Ecclesiastes 5.10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. So what that really is saying, you know, not content with silver, not content with what they've been left with. They're going to fight. For, for a greater portion of that estate. Mm. Well, for many people, they wouldn't have given thought or consideration to being a steward of their resources that they leave after they die. Um, what should they be doing, Pearl, if they haven't you know, thought about these things? Yes, yes. Um, so I really, I really love um, the... the um, passage in Acts and it's Acts 4 verse 
34, it says, Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Um, And I just, I love this example of people being generous, you know, to God's cause um, and just, you know, wanting to give. That's right. To to God's work. Um, And so I think it's important, you know, that we thank God for what we have. We don't become a burden on other people's resources, but then we also give back to um, God um, and support his work and not wait till death. To, to give. Absolutely. It's yeah. a very you know, solid counsel that we see and a practice that we see that the early church participating in here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the advantages of giving now uh, of our possessions before we die, John? As I said earlier on, we actually get to see that the work of God is advancing. And you know, there's many, many places that we can give gifts before you know, we die and uh, the will is enacted. You know, we can help with church buildings. We can help support someone who wants to be in ministry. There are many, many, many areas, um, you know, that people can be benefited. You know, you've got to remember this. God gives us wealth and uh, assets not to, not to build up a big uh, bank, if I might say, but it's to be used for the cause of God. You know, it says the more you give, the more God gives you to give. And I like giving back because that's, that's the bottom line. God is giving it to mm. you to be used to help and then we get it back and we'll, we'll, we'll discover that uh, shortly. But that's the bottom line. You know, that, that's what we need to do. We are seeing, we are in control of what God wanted for his intended you know, money that he's given us is to share it with others, to share it with the church, to spread the gospel all around yeah, I've heard it said uh, you can't outgive God. Mm. Uh, as you share your resources and invest in His kingdom and in, and in His cause, uh, this is the sort of investment that lasts forever, right? If you want the lawyers to go poor, spend it before it gets to be in a will. <laughs> yeah, and and what a fantastic example that we have from the early church here in that text that you just read there, First Pearl, uh, giving to God's cause while they were around, while they could invest in God's cause um, and building up his kingdom. So many blessings to be seen by that. And uh, of course, the experience of the early church as they did that is it wasn't just a benefit to the world around them, you know, in God's kingdom, but it blessed themselves, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Giving and being generous, being involved in God's cause. uh, These things aren't for God doesn't need our money. (laughs) He's not (laughs) uh, short of resources, so to speak. Mm. Uh, But it's as we give that we invest in his cause and our heart follows that investment. You know, when we have disputes, Mm. when wills are being contended, a lot of families are broken up. It's a real tragedy. And so, you know, by doing something now, it does put the, you know, take the pressure off the family. It's, It's better to deal with it. And um, everybody is happy. And then we don't have all these issues that come from these, you know, uh, disputes over the will. Yeah, absolutely. The, the way to um, mitigate against those potential problems is if you want to make sure that you know where your money's going, give it away while you're still alive. That's it. <laughs> I, be- 
I see on the back of a caravan spending the, uh, my kids' inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you putting that one into practice quite well, are you, John? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Um, I, I wonder whether there's um, any uh, advantages that you'd like to add to that, Pearl, um, ways that we can invest in God's cause and um, ad- the advantages of giving now rather than when we die. Yeah, well, I think it sets, you know, a great example of um, generous, a generous attitude, um, good family values. Um, it also guarantees, you know, that the gift is going to get where it's going to give where you want it. Um, and it, it demonstrates, you know, that the heart of the donor has actually been changed from selfish to unselfish. Mm. That's very important. Mm. Absolutely. Well, let me turn to one text for us to consider as we uh, begin to close out our program. Uh, Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. We read this in God's word. It says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works may follow them. Revelation 14, uh, verse 13. Uh, How does this text tie in with our topic today? Well, um, it's like this. If we are to die before Jesus returns, uh, we want to be in this group because this group um, has revealed their works through their faith. And I'd like to read in uh, James chapter 2 and verse 17, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So you want to be in that group that not only say they are Christians, but their works reveal it. And one of the ways that it's revealed is what we do with our wealth and our inheritance and our assets. What do we do with them? So God is saying your works reveal your faith. You want to be in that group if you've passed away to rise again because of what you've done through faith. Yeah. Absolutely. And would you like to add a a promise to that as well, Pearl? Yeah, yeah. Um, Matthew 6, verses 20 to 21 says, Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I think, you know, that's the key. It's where our heart is. Um, So whether it's using our money here when we're alive or when we're dead, you know, it it shows, you know, where's your heart? Is your heart in heaven or is it here? You know, I I think of that, our our title, giving back. Well, things go around, they always come back. So the more you give, God's got something to give to you. Hmm. And so, you know, eternal life is worth it all. And helping others to know the truth is too. I like the Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Mm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Beautiful thought. What a promise and what a beautiful place to finish our program. Our life and riches do not last forever. Our possessions will one day be passed on to others. Uh, We can't take anything with us beyond this life. So whenever possible, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children's, it says in Proverbs 13, verse 22. However, we must do it in such a way as to prevent disputes among them. Uh, In drawing up a will, we must not only think of our earthly interests, but also be generous towards God. Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for joining us today on Let God Speak. All past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Please join us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.